Okay, good morning everyone. Bruch Maboem. Chaverim, Yedidim, how's everybody doing? We uh, have a very important topic today. Before we begin, I want to welcome all the Kailal Agar, the Perka. By the way, am I going on the phone or no more? I don't think so. Everybody left. They must be coming here. Okay. Um, Bruch Maboem to the Kailal Agar, the Perka. A few uh, public service announcements. Uh, firstly, we're now uh, soon we're going to be launching a campaign. That's Hashem for our new uh, base medrash and Torah center. If anybody would like to be mishtatef before the campaign uh, becomes official in a few weeks, and to be among the Asari Shoinim, there are a number of dedications that are available. If you could uh, help us out, then Tavi Aleichem Bracha. Um, and today's topic, we're going to talk about the Yemei Hasfira, but in a new light that maybe we've heard little inklings about, but we're not completely familiar with. And we're going to learn that the history of Sfira may not be as ancient as we may think. Of course, we know that the source of Sfira is mentioned in the Gemara Nivamas and Samach Beis, that Rabbi Kiva had... 24,000 students, and they all passed away between Pesach and Shavuos. But there's another aspect of Sphira which is uh, not as known and focused on, and uh, it's worthwhile to uh, study it. The Ramah tells us that the Minog is to say, Avarachamim. And when do we and when do we not say Avarachman? Says Ramah, every day that we don't say Tachnon, any day that we don't say Tzidkascha, we don't say Avarachman, or when there's a Chasana, or when there's a Mila. And when you're Mavarech the Chodesh, there's some places they don't say when the Mavarech the Chodesh. Most shuls today on Shabbos Mavarchim, they do not say Avarachman. However, says Ramah, Malvar Bimei Hasfira, except for in the days of Sfira. Why the days of Sfira? Because the Magen Avram says there were Xeros during that time. So in the days of Sfira, then even Shabbos Mavarchim, like this past Shabbos, normally Shabbos Mavarchim, we would not say Avarachamim. This past Shabbos, we did say Avarachamim. And even if there's a Mila, the Magen Avram says, and even if there's a Chasana, because Chodesh uh, Nisan in general, we don't say Tachnan, yet we still say Avarachamim. However, Shabbos Rosh Chodesh Iyar, then uh, we wouldn't say it. Now you read the Magen Avram, you say, oh yeah, the Gezerois, what Gezerois? Uh, I don't know, the, the Tamidi Rebbe Akiva. Says the Machzus HaShekel, no, not Tamidi Rebbe Akiva. Gezerah Tatnu, the decrees that are known as Tatnu, which is 856, the year 856, 4856 of the... Um, the year 4856 of the Jewish calendar, Tatnu, or of the secular calendar, that's the year, Tatnu is, um, you add the year 1240, so Tatnu gets you to 10, and that's the year 1096. Tatnu is the year 1096, which of course was the year of the first Crusades. Now the Crusades were... Uh, a time of terrible tragedy for the Jewish people. Thousands of Jews were massacred, and even more were forcibly baptized. And they took place, 
over the course of 200 years, as we'll see. The Crusades didn't just take place in the year 1096. 1096 is when they began. That was the first crusade. The second crusade, as we'll see, was in the year 1146, 50 years later. And these decrees really massacred the Rhineland, their Germanic uh, uh, republics, Germany, France, and we're going to learn that the most eminent sage during that time was none other than Rav Shlomo Yitzchaki, Rashi himself, who composed Kinos, elegies for the times of the Crusades. And, of course, uh, in the Seder Hadorois, Rabbi Chil Hapron, he brings that the notes from the Christians went uh, to liberate Jerusalem from the Turks and from the Muslim infidels. And they went through the regions of Ashkenaz and they killed the Jews of spires, Asperia, and worms, and manes, and trevish. Trevish is Troy's. Now, I'm going to take a break for a brief commercial. You ready for this? This coming summer, for the first time, we're planning a trip to the communities of Tsarfas, France. And we plan to go to Trevish, Troy's. When? Chavtes Tamuz. What's Chavtes Tamuz? The yard site of Rashi. So it's a very unique opportunity. They recently, uh, we'll call it discovered, refurbished, located, made some type of monument and matseva for Rashi. I don't think they know exactly where he's buried, but in the general vicinity. And we plan to go to Troy's um, for Rashi's yard site on Chavtes Tamuz. While there, we're going to visit Metz. Metz, you have the Shagas Aryeh and the Shvos Yaakov, and the Kikoyin de Yoyna, and others. We're going to visit, in Paris, you have the Kever of Rav David Sinsheim, who's the head of Napoleon Sanhedrin. You have in Ramarupt, a Matseva for the Rashbam and Rabbeinu Tam. In Provence, in um, Pokier, you have the uh, Matseva for none other than the Ravid. So if anybody wants to join, you could uh, contact us. But the Crusades massacred these cities, Fez and Praga, and many other countries in Germany and in France. And these these decrees and these massacres and these murders took place from Chodesh Iyar until Chodesh Av. And the number who were killed were more than 5,000. However, this number 5,000 is considered a mistake and an error, but uh, those who were massacred uh, were much, much uh, more than that, aside from tens of thousands of forced conversions. Um, the Crusades continued from the year Tuf Tuf Nun Vav. Um, in Germany, in France, in Bohemia, in England, in Italy, in Ungarin, um, many, many kilos were killed al-Kiddush Hashem. And there were very few survivors. In fact, uh, the story goes, here you have, the Shlach HaKadosh says that the Hanaragim Hanitbaim were more than 5,000. It's a Tosoifer, says Rebichil Halperin, because it was more than, um, it was many, many myriads. There is an ancient tradition that in the city of Metz, 
they saw three old men in the street who were crying out, Yiskadel v'Yiskadesh. And they asked from Shimon HaGadol, the Abbezdin, what's going on? Who are these old men? And he revealed to them, they, these old men were none other than Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. They're warning you of the impending decrees. They've commissioned Ashmedai, king of the demons, to go to war on behalf of the Jewish people. And lo and behold, they found that Ashmedai himself was killed by the Crusades. This is the legend. And they had a tradition that if the blood of the Jewish people are spill on the street, if it's red, then then it will be okay. But if it's green, then you've got problems. And uh, the blood was not red. So this was just to give you a depiction of the devastation of the time. Again, what the authenticity of such a legend is, I can't tell you. It is recorded in the Seder Hadorois, but it does give you a picture of the tragedy and the confusion and the darkness of the time. Now, just to get a historical perspective, I want to share with you, there is a well-known shuva in the Marshal, in Simon Chavtes, that traces the tradition of Messiah in the times of the Go'inim to the Rishonim. The penultimate Go'in, the second to last Go'in, was Rav Shri Ragoin. And he gave over the tradition to Rav Haigoin. And then the Rishonim began in the year 4800, approximately a thousand years ago, with uh, Rabbeinu Gershon and Rabbeinu Hananel. That was the beginning of the era. If I can ask everyone to please mute. Uh, with uh, the uh, with that began with the era of um, the Rishonim with Rabbeinu Hananel and Rabbeinu Gershon. Rashi, in fact, had the ancient handwritten manuscript of Shas from Rabbeinu Gershon, and Rabbi, Rashi was born in the year forty eight hundred. So the era of the Rishonim began in the year forty eight hundred. And Rashi was Nifter in the year 4865. Rashi lived 65 years. Most Ashkenazic Jews come from Rashi. 80% of Ashkenazic Jews come from Rashi. Um, there were very few Jews back in the 11, uh, Ashkenazic Jews back in the 11th century, about 10,000, and they all trace back to about five families. So almost all Jews come from Rashi. Rashi was from the year 4800 to 4865. The Crusades were in the year Tatnu, which is 4856. So Rashi was 56 years old at the time of the Crusades. Rashi survived the Crusades, and Rashi passed away about 11 years later. Now, um, the Chid, in the Seder Hadoros, you'll see he brings down the year Tav Tav Kofav. That was the year of the uh, Crusades that the Christians went up to liberate Yerushalayim from the Muslims and it lasted for 200 years. Again, the second crusade was in the year 1146. Now, interesting Shaila, it's brought in the Sefer, Shalashachos based Mordechai, Rabbi Mordechai Fogelman, who by the way was the father-in-law of Rabbi Sohmeir Lau, former chief rabbi, and he was a rabbi in the city of Motskin. He originally came from uh, a city where my family hails from in Poland, the city of Lynchitz, where the Malbim wrote his commentary. And Rav Hogan was asked, what about writing, uh, are you allowed to have a Hachnosas, Chanukas Habayis for a shul in the days of Svira? 
So he responds by telling us some interesting uh, history about the days of Sphira. He says, the minig is not to get married in Sphira, but we don't really find, we don't find anywhere that you're not to have a Chanukah Sabayas. Even the minog of not getting married during Sphira, it's not mentioned in Shas, it's not mentioned in the Medrash. Even the Rambam doesn't mention it, because the Rambam only mentions Minhagim that are mentioned either in the Mishnah, the Tosefta, Shas, Medrash, but he doesn't bring in later Minhagim, unless it's a Takana of the Goinim. Like in uh, Hilchas Ishas, Perk Tazayin, he brings one of the Takanas of the Goinim, but the Ga'inim, the later Ga'inim, were Kaiveya, the days of Svira, days of Avelos, just not to get married. Now, the, now Rev. Fogelman says, whatever mourning was legislated because of the students of Kiva, it was magnified because of the decrees of the Crusades. Because I, I just want to share with you, in other words, when... When during the calendar did the Crusades take place? So, interestingly, in, in Kino Chafhei, which is one of the Kinos of the Crusades, it gives us the dates of the various tragedies of the Crusades. It says, My eye stream with tears When I mourn the slain of Spires. So Spires was one of the communities that was really hit hard in the Crusades, Basheni, Bishmainabai in the second month, Iyar on the eighth day, Biyoim Margaya on the day of rest, Chukra, my rest was was Margoa Nechlafulavira. On my day of rest it was transformed into a conflagration. Nehergu Bachure Chemed Vishishe Hadara. Murdered were the uh, young men, the precious young men, and glorious youth. They gave up their life al Kiddush Hashem. Giboyre Koyach, Oisei Dvar Lamahara, Koyhanim, they're all slain. And then he says, Vamari Yegoini Ve'edzbi Yelel Achbira. In great mourning, in great moaning and sadness, I raise the lament. Kihilois HaKodesh, Harigosam Hayoim Bezachra, Bekihila Varmaiza. Goinim. So wor- uh, spires were murdered on the eighth day of Idar. Iyar. Worms, Pamayim Kitshushem of Yechabamara. They sanctified God's name twice. The 23rd day of Iyar. And Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Vachodesh Ashlisha. Bekriyas Halal Lashayra. They were Mashlam Nafsham. Biyava Kishura. So, so far we have the eighth day of Iyar, the community of spires. The 23rd of Iyar. The community of worms, Rosh Chodesh the community of worms, and then later on he moves on to the community of mains, and he says, for the mighty ones of mains, Minasharum Kalu, Lezgabra, they gave up their life, Al Shem Hanoira, Al Shnei in the month of Sivan on the third day, they added lament and mourning and pain. And then I thought I would be fortunate on the day of the giving of the Torah. And on the day the Torah was given, it was as if it was returned. It was as if the Torah returned back to heaven. Because the Crusades came in into every community, they took the Sifrei Torah and they threw them into the fire.
And this uh, Kinnah gives us a, a very clear description how the tragedies of the Crusades transpired primarily during the months of Iyar and Sivan, during the days of Svira. And that's uh, the days of Svira, their mourning has been magnified because of the Gezeroist Tatnu. By the way, Rav Salavechik very innovatively identifies that there's another kinnah that we say on Tishabav, which was composed to, to commemorate the tragedy of the Crusades. And there it talks about how difficult Masechta Nedarim and Masechta Nazir is. Why are we lamenting the difficulty of Nedarim and Nazir? The answer is because we know Rashi did not write on Nedarim and Nazir. We don't have Rashi on Nedarim and Nazir. And had the Crusades not happened, then likely a great reshine would have arose who would have been able to explicate Nedarim and Nazir and clarified these difficult subjects. But because... But because of the Crusades, you know how many Rishonim and Baleatoisis were murdered in the Crusades? Hundreds and thousands of the Baleatoisis during this time of the year, during the Emei Sfira, during Chodesh Iyar, during Chodesh Sivan, were murdered in the Crusades. And therefore, Mesech de Nedarim and Mesech de Nazar remained almost a closed book to Klal Yisra because we were not Zoycha to have a Rishon to explain it to us. So I want to go back now. By the way, there is a kina that we say on Yom HaKippurim that was composed by none other than Rashi himself to lament the tragedies of the Crusades. Right before the Ela Ezkara, you know, we have all those piyutim, some of them go Aleph Beis Gimel, some of them go Tashrak. Well, the Maharshal brings that one of those kinois were composed by Rashi himself, and when I say the words, it will probably ring a bell. Tanois Sorois Loi Nuchal. Right before the Ela Ezkara, we say, Tanois Sorois Loi Nuchal. That was composed by Rashi, lamenting the endless tragedy of the Crusades. Tanois Sorois Loi Nuchal. So now, I want to share with you, Av Harachamim was composed to commemorate the tragedy of the Crusades. The Zecher HaChorben Ahu Chayveres Tfilas Avarachamim Nemeres Aidei Ashkenazim on Shabbos after Kriyas HaTayra. Now we understand why during the Yimei Sfira, even if it's on a day that we don't say Tachnan, or it's on a, on a time that ordinarily we would not say Avarachamim, during Sfira we specifically say Avarachamim, and because it was composed for the tragedies of the Crusades, that specifically happened during the times of Sfira. The Arach HaShulchan tells us explicitly that all the restrictions between Pesach and Shavuos are not only because of Tamid Rabbi Akiva. He says, V'oid ro'inu she'ikre yimei ha'gzeirois b'shnois me'ois sha'avru b'tsarfas v'ashkenaz were during the days of the Svira as there are piyutim that were composed by our Kadmoinim for those Shabbosos between Pesach and Shavuos which are full of kinos and uh, that also contributes to the tragedy of the Yimei HaSvira. And the Sefer Safra Chadata brings that these tragedies continued for 200 years. Also in the Rishonim, the, um, a student of the Rekeach, he brings that not only is it a Yimei Din because of the tragedies of the Crusades, but the restrictions of not taking a haircut and not getting married, 
and the other restrictions of Svira are not only because of the students of Rabbi Kiva, but also because of the st- uh, tragedies of the Crusades. So, as we are Zahir, not to take a haircut, not to shave during this time, it is appropriate to remember the all the great Rishonim who unfortunately were murdered during this time of the year. And we're, go- we're going to mention some of their names. Many of them are not known or not recognized or never even... Uh, most people are not familiar with, so hopefully by mentioning their name it will be uh, There's an amazing Taz. The Taz discusses that there's a difference, again, I don't know if this is widely observed, that there's a difference between getting married after Lagba uh, Oimer and shaving after Lagba Omer. So the Taz says that after Lagba Omer, the students of Akiva did not die. Nevertheless, many people still observe some Avelos after Lagba Omer. Why? But the Tamid Rebbe Akiva only died for the first 33 days. The answer is, says the Taz, because Sphira is not only about the students of Rebbe Akiva. Sphira is also about the Xeros Tatnu. And the Xeros Tatnu, as we know, Continued throughout Chaydashiyar. So the Xeros Tatnu was, well, as the Kina records, the eighth day of Iyar, the twenty-third day of Idar, Rish Chaydash Sivan, the third day of Sivan, Shavuos. So just because certain customs of Avelos are, n- are not observed after Lagba Oimer, others are, and therefore just because you may or may not get married after, it doesn't mean you could take a haircut, because there are elements of Avelos that continue to be practiced after Lagba Omer because there's sort of two dimensions to Svira. There's the dimension of Tamid Rabbi Akiva and there's also the dimension of the Xeros Tatnu. Now this brings us to a very interesting halachic point. There's a lot of confusion regarding making a Shechianu during the days of Svira. Are you allowed to buy new clothing during the days of Svira? Are you allowed to make a Shechianu during Svira? Are you allowed to make a Shechianu on a new fruit? There's a lot of confusion. Ask most people, they're not really sure. So I'll tell you off the boat, off right off the bat. You're allowed to make a Shachianu during Svira. Are you allowed to buy new clothing? You're allowed to buy new clothing. That is the halacha. But that's not necessarily everyone's practice. So let's let's study that. The Baal Chavos Yair, Bachrach, he brings... That wearing a new baguette, I did not find an iser. However, some people refrain from wearing a new baguette during Svira. Comes Rabbi Yosef, and he says, no, it's ridiculous. He says, that which the Velt says, that you don't buy new clothing during Svira, it's sichas noshem. It's vibisha chatter. It's just nonsense. You can read it in one of these, you know, magazines that people waste their time with on Shabbos. There's no basis to it. It's just, you know, uh, That's the opinion of Rabbi Vadya. And we'll see, the Mishnah Bura as well uh, says that there's no reason, no basis not to make a Shachianu and not to wear new clothing. But what's interesting is, is there any basis at all? The Leket Yoisher, who is a student of one of the great Rishonim, the Trumas Hadashen, Rabbi Sol Israelin, he brings that 
you're in Ostreich, they allowed you to wear uh, to buy a new item of clothing on Lagba Omer in order to uh, wear it for Yamtuf. And once you buy it, then you could fix it even after Lagba Omer, but not any other time in Sphira. And to wear a new hat, he didn't even allow. He did not allow during the times of the Omer, even if he didn't have one. So the Leket Yoyshar seems to be quoting Rav Israel and the Chumash Sadashan that there is a uh, custom not to wear new clothing during the Omer. Now he's not talking about Shachianu per se, but he seems to say that there's a custom in Ashraich not to wear new clothing. So Rav Shmuel Felder, who's a Paisik in Lakewood, says, well, the Chumash Sadashan is not a proof at all that... That, that it's a legitimate custom not to buy new clothing during the times of the Omer, because the Chumas Hadeshin was unusually machmir when it came to the Omer, because the, the Chumas Hadeshin is recorded not to allow one to cut one's nails in Sphiros Omer. And that, nobody ever heard you now to cut your nails during the times of Sphira. And so then the question is, okay, fine. So you want to say that the Chumas Hadeshin is not a proof to normative mainstream practice. Okay, that's great, it's not a proof. But what was the Chumash Hadashan doing? Why was he according himself that way? But apparently the Chumash Hadashan, he is from Germany. And in Germany, they were much more strict regarding the practices of Sphira than Jews anywhere else. Because since an element of Sphira is mourning the tragedies of the Crusades, that happened in Germany, that happened in France. Therefore, the Chachamim of that region actually were much more strict regarding the prohibitions of Sphira. And if you look in the Yosef Oymetz, he also brings uh, the stringencies of the ob- uh, observances of the Meha Sphira. So the question is, what about regarding making a Shachianu? So the Maimer Mordechai advanced, received the question, are you allowed to make a Shachianu during the times of Sphira? And he says that, Amdi from the time that his Seichel kicked in, I never was concerned with any issue not to make a Shachianu. In Sphira. I didn't find in any Rishon or Achroin not to make a Shachianu in Sphira. Definitely, this is an example of a custom that sort of was incorrectly extrapolated. Because Marv Rabbi said, let's, let's talk about the three weeks. Are you allowed to make a Shachianu during the three weeks? The Shulchan Aruch actually does not say you're not allowed to make a Shachianu during the three weeks. He says, it's toiv, it's good to refrain from making a Shachianu during the three weeks. That seems to indicate that's not Asr. But we only find in the Shulchan Aruch that it's good not to make a Shachiyana during the three weeks. We don't find such a thing by Sphira. On the other hand, says the Maimon Mordechai, maybe you'll make the following a fortiori argument, the following Kabbalah. If during the three weeks, we're technically, according to the letter of the law, you're allowed to get married, according to Shulchan Aruch, you're allowed to get married until Shavuot Shechal Tishabav, And you're allowed to take a haircut and shave until Shavuot Shechal Tishabav. Yet, 
you're now to make a shachianu. So during the days of Sfira, where we don't get married and we don't take care of God, certainly you shouldn't make a shachianu. And the Maimur says, well, nobody makes that argument. And that's not brought in any poiskim. And we should presume that the three weeks is more machmir because it's commemorating Chorben Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, says the Maimur Mordechai, it is absolutely permitted to make a Shechianu during the Yimei Sfira. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean if you happen to get a new fruit, you make a Shechianu or if you happen to have a new suit, but you shouldn't go out of your way to buy the new suit or get the new fruit to make a shachianu. So the Mishnah quotes this Maimer Mordechai, and he says, he says, You should not increase your simcha during the days of Svira. He says, If something comes up, that you have to make a shachianu, then uh, go for it. Make the shachianu. So, in the Sefer Ben Pesach Shavuos, he wants to be medayik. That why does the, the now the Maimon Mordechai didn't say you're allowed to make a shachianu if it comes your way. He said you're allowed to make a shachianu, which almost seems like you're allowed to go out of your way to make a shachianu. But the fact that the Mishnah says you can make a shachianu if it comes your way. That indicates only if it comes your way, but don't go out of your way to look to make a shachiyana during the days of Svila, Svira. Well, says Reb Tzvi Kayin, he asked Reb Chaim Kenevsky, can we be medayek from the Mishnah that only if the shachiyana came your way, you could make it, but don't go out of your way to make the shachiyana? And Reb Chaim Kenevsky said, no, you cannot be medayek that from the Mishnah he, he does not believe the Mishnah wrote that because to to infer that you can only make the shachianu if it came your way, but don't go out of your way to make the shachianu. Be it as it may, the Mishabura, according to Reb Chaim, holds, you're allowed to make a shachianu. If you want to buy a new suit, buy a new suit. There's no issue whatsoever. But as we mentioned, some of the Chachme Ashkenaz, here's another example, the Ikari Hadat, he brings from the Pachad Yitzchak, Narafudna Rab Yitzchak Lampranti, that one should avoid making a Shachiana during the days of Svira. Now again, the Mishnah Brura says you're allowed to. So halachically you could do it. Meikar then you're allowed to. However, in the journal Tel Talpiois, he brings that um, if someone has a custom not to make a shachianu, then they should continue that custom because it does have some basis. And it's based on the fact that the Chachme Ashkenaz were particularly stringent regarding the practice of making a shachianu during the days of Sfira. So although that has not been cons- uh, accepted by normative mainstream halacha, if your particular kehila or family has that custom, then it's something that is legitimate. Now, not every family custom is legitimate. And not every minog is required to be observed. What It has to be a real minog. Real minog means it's based on a sheet of the Rishonim. But this is considered um, uh, something that has a basis. Namely, it's rooted in the severity of this time of the year, of the, the 
unfortunate saga of the Chachmei Ashkenaz. And the Sefer Shas Chuvas Gargar and Baraysh Amir, he brings that those who are lenient during the days of Svira, they say, well, only during the three weeks where it's Chorben Beis Hamikdash are we so machmir. However, there's an idea that the murder of the Tzadikim, of the Rishonim, during this time of the year, we have a principal Shkula, Mida, Misas, Tzadikim, Kachorben, Beis Aleikenu, and therefore there is a, some basis for this custom. Ad Kedei Kach, that the Holy Chassam Soifer brings, Shal Setshuvas Chassam Soifer, Chilek Archaim, Semikof Nontes, that in Germany, the Shabbos before Shavuos is Evel Gadol Yehudim. The Shabbos before Shavuos in Germany is treated like Shabbos Chazayin, the Shabbos before Tishabav, because that is uh, Shabbos designated for the terrible um, catastrophes of Gzeres Tatnu, as Rabbi Kolonimus says in the Kinnah, Miyitin Roshimayim. Um, even though he says, But we see how difficult they treated this tragedy that it was commemorated on the Shabbos before Shavuos. So just for uh, to give you a little flavor... We mentioned that during this time of the year, hundreds, if not thousands, of the Balei HaToysis were massacred. Many of them were not familiar with their lives, were not familiar with their names. But I just want to share with you from the Sefer, Oitzar HaGadolim, the names and some information about some of these Rishonim who were massacred this time of the year. We have Rabbaruch ben Yitzchak of Mainz, the Chacham, the Chassid, him and his son-in-law, Rabbi Yehuda, were killed in the year 1096, Tatnu. And he actually, Baruch he warned the people of the impending Gezerah. And uh, that was Rabbi Baruch ben Yitzchak of Magensa and his son-in-law, Rabbi Yehuda. Then you have Rabbi David ben Rabbi Meshulam of Spira. He was from the original Chachmei Ashkenaz in the year 1090 till 1096. He is a brother of Rabbi Kleinimus Bar Meshulam and Rabbi Yekusiel. And he's mentioned, we have slichos for him regarding the terrible tragedies. Then we have a great Rishon, Rabbeinu Yehuda Halevi. This is a Rishon that's actually amazingly quoted by Rashi in Yermia, Perak Lam and Aleph Pasuk Chav Beis, where Rashi quotes Rabbi Yehuda Hadarshan. This Rabbi Yehuda Halevi who was killed in the year Tatnu. He was a great darshan, and Rashi brings an incredible drush, drush from him. Namely, the Yermia says that God says to the Jewish people, why are you not running after me? Why are you not following me? So you'll say, well, because you're the woman and I'm the man, and usually the man runs after the woman and not vice versa. Says God, I'm going to create a new nature for you. I'm going to make a, a new... Uh, I'm going to create a stir within you, a new nature. And I'm going to make you run after me. 
Nekeva Tesoivev Gever. And Rabbi Yehuda HaDarshan, who was killed during this time of the year, explains, God is going to ultimately give the Jewish people inheritance like a Nekeva. How so? We know in the world to come, God gives every tzaddik, Shai Olam is 310 worlds. Well, now we understand why Eretz Yisrael is considered the land of the 31 kings. Laman Aleph Melachim. Why? Because there's a din derabanan that a woman, as a Yerusha, gets a certain percentage, 10%. So 10%, we in this world are like a Nekeva because we don't get all 310 worlds. Instead, we only get 31 worlds, namely Eretz Yisrael. Then you have Rabbeinu Yehuda, then Baruch Hagadol. He's from the Chachme Shum. Shum stands for Shpires Varmaiza Magensa. He's quoted by Rashi and Chulin, Daf Mem Zayin. We have Rabbeinu Yehuda ben Avram. He was also killed in 1090, in uh, 1096. And then we have Rabbeinu Menachem. Um, Rabbeinu Menachem was killed in Tatnu. Him, his wife, Bela, his son, Rabbi David Alevi, Rabbi David's wife, Yehudis, among all the slain of Magensa. And Rashi, Rashi wrote a number of Svarim of Halacha as well, the Sefer Parde, Sefer Oira, and he quotes the Psakim of Rabbeinu Menachem. Then you have Rabbeinu Meshulam. Again, it's just Names, names, names of thousands of Baliatoisis who were murdered during this time of the year. Um, interestingly, this Rabbeinu Meshulam tells us about the Psak of his Rebbe, Rabbi Lazar Hagadal. Rabbi Lazar Hagadal is quoted by the Rush in Psachim regarding whether one's clothing were c- cleaned with uh, the fat of wheat, the juice of wheat on Pesach. And the rush brings the psak that uh, Rabbeinu Meshulam brings from Israel, Rabbeinu Elazar uh, Haggadah. He too was killed in the Xeros Tatnu. What about Rabbeinu Kalonimus? Now Rabbeinu Kalonimus is usually associated with Rome. He was from the Chachmei Roimi. However, he went for a certain reason to Worms. He was Marbetzah in Worms. He was killed in the year Tatnu. And Rashi quotes him in Bea. Rashi says, I just got a letter from Garmaiza that Rabbeinu Kalonimus went to Varmaiza. Who is Rabbeinu Kalonimus, Rashi says, is Baki Bechal Hashas. And then you have Rabbeinu Shmuel. Again, this is just a few uh, sprinkling of names. Rabbeinu Shmuel HaKoinu Magensa. Who he was Mechaber, the Kinos for the Tsaris of that year. Um... Before they occurred. Marvar Abaisai, there's an entire sefer written by one of the Rishonim, the Ra'avan, Rabbalazar Bar Nasan, called Kuntras Gezerois Tatnu. Now, one very painful halachic issue that came up during those times, and it came up again in the years 1492. And interestingly, the Rabbanim always took a different viewpoint than the people. Namely, there were tens of thousands of forced conversions. And the question is, how do we deal with these uh, Jews who accepted baptism instead of being killed? They didn't give up their life on Kiddush Hashem. 
Is there wine? Are you allowed to marry into them? And the people, those who were willing to give up their life, always had a bad view and an unaccepting view of their brethren counterparts who feigned and pretended to be Christians because they were... They said, look, we were Moisir Nefesh, we were willing to give up our life, and now you want to just join us again when the times are good, and you want to marry our daughters, and you want to handle our wine. And the people never wanted to accept them back, not after the Crusades, and not after the Spanish Inquisition. And Rashi took a very sympathetic view to these Jews. Rashi said, look, nobody could judge people in that kind of situation. What would you have done if you were in that situation? But if we see they only did it out of compulsion of the sword, but libam l'shamayim, and as soon as the the marauders went on to the next town, they quickly embraced Judaism, so they demonstrated their loyalty, and Rashi, in fact, paskin, that um, they need to be accepted, their wine is not yayanesach, you'll have to marry into them, and you can give them aliyos. Legend has it, that the uh, vicious crusader Gottfried, um, Gottfried, who was an old friend of Rashi and appreciated Rashi's wisdom, summoned Rashi. He wanted to get Rashi's prognostication regarding whether he'd be successful in liberating Palestine from the Turks. And Rashi refused to come. So Gottfried decided to go to Rashi. And he calls out, Is Rashi here? Is Rashi here? And nobody answered. And he went to the base medrash and nobody was there. Is Rashi here? So this man comes out. Um, he pretended to be like the student of Rashi. Is Rashi here? And basically said, You know, we can't say, we can't say. So well, uh, let him know that if he decides to come out, he won't be harmed. So then Rashi revealed himself, It's me. And the Gottfried said, You see, you just confirmed I see what a Chacham you are. And he said, you should know, I prepared a 100,000 cavalry, 200 ships. I'm going to conquer Jerusalem and Acre. I have 7,000 cavalry. And I am coming, I will defeat the uh, Turks. Let me know, what is your opinion? Do not be afraid to tell me. And Rashi said, you should know, you will liberate Palestine. But you rule over for only three days. And on the fourth day, the Yishmaelim will chase you out. And you'll come back to this city with only three horses. Defeated. And Gottfried said, Rashi, if I come back with as many as four horses, you're a dead man. And so are all the Jews of France. And legend has it that in fact, he conquered Jerusalem. And he was banished. And he left with thousands of horses. But it took him a very, very long time to return. It took four years. And slowly, slowly, his horses began to vanish, to die, to be attacked. But he walks back into the city of Troyes with four horses. And he remembered Rashi's prediction that he would only return with three horses. And he was coming back to kill Rashi. And it's just as he enters the gates of Troyes, the gates of the city collapse, fall on one of the horses, kill the horse, 
and he went to, to beg Rashi forgiveness and to pledge his loyalty to Rashi, but by that time he had found out that Rashi had already passed on in the year 1065. In the year um, 48, excuse me, 4865. So the the crusade were, were, uh, took place in the year Tatnu 4856, and Rashi passed away nine years later, 4865. That means Rashi passed away nine years after the Crusades of 1096. Rashi passed away in the year 1105. Well, the second crusade happened 50 years later. In 1146, Rashi is no longer alive. Rashi just said, passed away in 1105. Then, it was not the era of Rashi's children, but Rashi's grandchildren, who the Ashkenazim consider the greatest of all the Rishonim, Rabbeinu Tam, who was a very wealthy man who had a palace and many attendants. And the Christians broke in and they took his Sefer Torah and they tore his Sefer Torah and they brought him out to the field and they wanted to kill him and they slashed him five times. They said, You! You kill, you slashed our God, you Jews, five times. And they're about to take his life and all of a sudden an officer appeared and he said, why are you killing this rotten sage? Give him to me and we'll convert him. And by the way, this took place on the second day of Shavuos. And in the meantime, Rabbi Tam was saved. But again, Marv Rabbi said this took place this time of the year. This was a tragedy that continued for uh, many, many, many years. Um, and it's unbelievable how all the Bali Hatoises, we think they lived in an era of maybe peace and tranquility, far from it. They lived in an era where where their lives were in peril every single moment. And uh, the Munkacha brings down that he has a tradition from his Zayda, the Bnei Yisachar, that he has a tradition that the Balei Atoisvis, that the majority of the Balei Atoisvis were killed al Kilosh Hashem, they were in jail, they were incarcerated, knowing that in the morrow they would be murdered, it would be their last day, and that evening they did not succumb, they continued their avoidah, and the night before they continued to write Toysvis on Shas, the night before they were massacred, unbelievable Ayam So I end off with a kinah compiled, composed by another other than Rabbeinu Shlomo Yitzchaki, Rashi HaKadosh, quoted in the Sefer Encyclopedia, the Talmudis of the Gedolei Yisrael. It's also brought in Rabbi Zechariah Fendel's book, Masters of the Masar, page 240, where Rashi addresses the Torah itself. Rashi says, Torah HaTamima, O wholesome Torah, Alpayim Kaduma, that preceded the world 2,000 years. Chalino Pnei Torah, please beseech the Rebani Shlom, Ba'ad Yoyma Tama, for the wholesome dove, Bakshi Elboin Chasidacha, seek out the insult of your pious ones, Ushvichas Dam Limudech, Limudecha, and the spilling of blood of those who learn you, Taira. Miyad Bnei Zanunim Achrise Tamidecha, from the wanton ones who cut off your students, Asher Kor Yureyasecha, that have torn your curtains, your 
seems v'ramsu oisi yosech and trampled your letters v'shatz of ketzav echuivu mishkan oisayich. Shali mi'es hanoyo lahasil machatz oisayra. Please ask the Almighty to eliminate the crushing blows mi'bein machisav yekabetz am mi'pizra. This is the kina of Rashi coming from the vantage point of the Torah, beseeching the Torah to plead with HaKadosh Baruch Hu to put an end to the terrible suffering. And it's so remarkable when you think about it, of the, the great achievement of the development of the Torah that occurred during this era, an era where their lives were on the, the line, their lives were in peril, and nevertheless they clung to the Torah, HaKadosh Baruch so this time of the year, the time of Sphira, it's harder to relate to the students of Rabbi Akiva. You know, do we know what Atana is? Do we know what students of Rabbi Akiva are? Well, we don't know what Rishonim are, but they're a little bit closer to our time. And an a, a important aspect of the Avelos of Sphira is uh, the tragedies of the Crusades, which are commemorated in the recitation of Avarachimim, which we emphasize during this time of the year that even if it would be a time that ordinarily we would not say Tachnon, the Avarachnon we still continue to say, and we, we daven, Harninu, Goyim Amoy, Kidav, Dam Avadav, Yikoyim, V'yashiv, Nakam, Letzav, V'chiper, Admosay Amoy, Me'akadosh Baruch Hu, avenge the blood of all these great Sadikim, and we should see the redemption of Klal Yisrael, and the elevation of the status of Kal Yisrael and Kavit Shamayim and Herbi Aminu Amen. Thank you everybody for listening. Have a wonderful day. Brachavat Slacha.